0: We were bored and alone with COVID at play, nothing to do with our lives through the day. Then we decided to put on a play, let's try raving the Bard.
1: Welcome back to
2: Macbeth. Here's a quick recap of part one.
3: Scotland has been thrown into turmoil following the murder of King Duncan. Nature itself seems to be rebelling against this heinous act. Supernaturally gloomy weather weighs heavily, animals behave strangely, and the whole country seems to have been plunged into a permanent darkness. Lauded war hero Macbeth has ascended to the throne after Duncan's two children fled Scotland in fear for their lives. But something is deeply off with Scotland's new king. The once appraised and honored soldier now behaves like a tyrant to say nothing of the fits of madness she's had in public. Macbeth, inflamed by the desire to make true their predictions, yet tortured by her own conscience, murders Duncan for the throne and has Banquo killed to eliminate any threat to her power. Act 3, scene 6. Forest. the palace. Enter Lennox
4: and Mentite. My former speeches have but hit your thoughts, which can interpret further. Only I say things have been strangely born. The gracious Duncan was pitied of Macbeth. Mary, she was dead. And the right valiant Banquo walked too late. You may say, if I please you, Fleance killed, for Fleance fled. Men must not walk too late. Who cannot want the thought how monstrous it was for Malcolm and for Donald Blame to kill their gracious mother? Damned fact, how did it did grieve Macbeth? Did she not straight in pious rage the two delinquents tear, that were the knaves of drink and thralls of sleep? Was that not nobly done? Aye, and wisely too, for twould have angered any heart alive to hear the men deny it. So that I say, she has borne all things well. And I do think that had she Duncan's children under her key, as, please heaven, she shall not, they should find that t'were to kill a mother, so should Fleance. But peace, for far from broad words and cause, she failed her presence at the tyrant's feast. I hear Macduff lives in disgrace. Sir, can you tell me where he bestows himself?
5: The son of Duncan this tyrant holds the due of birth, lives in the English court, and is received of the most pious Edward with such grace that the malevolence of fortune nothing takes from his high respect, thither Macduff is gone to pray the Holy King upon his aid, to wake Northumberland and warlike sergeant, that by the help of these, with him above to ratify the work, we may again give to our tables meat, sleep to our knights, free from our feasts and banquets bloody knives do faithful homage, and receive free honours, all which we pine for now. And this report hath so exasperate the king that she prepares for some attempt of war.
4: Sent she to Macduff?
5: She did, and with an absolute sir, not I, the cloudy messenger turns me his back and hums as who should say, you'll rule the time that clogs me with this answer.
4: And that well might advise him to a caution, to hold what distance his wisdom can provide. Some holy angel fly to the court of England and unfold his message ere he come, that a swift blessing may soon return to this our suffering country under a hand accursed.
5: I'll send my prayers with him.
4: Act Four, Scene One A Cavern,
3: in the middle, a boiling cauldron. Thunder! Enter the three witches! Thrice the brinded cat hath knew, thrice and once the hedge pig whined. Hardly I cried, 'tis time, tis, tis time. time! Round about the cauldron gold, in the poisoned entrails throw, toad that under cold stone days and nights has. Thirty-one, sweltered venom, sleepy got. Boil, boil thou first in, in the charred, the charred pot. pot. Double, double, toil and trouble. Fire, Burn. and cauldron bubble. Filet of a finny snake in the cauldron, boil and bake. Eye of newt and toe of frog. Womb, bat and tongue of dog. Adders' fork and blindworm, steam. Lizard's leg and owlet's wing. Horror, charm of powerful trouble. Like Like a a hell hell rock boil and
6: bubble, double Double, double,
3: doubles toil and trouble,
6: fire burn burn and cauldron cauldron bubble, bubble.
3: scale of dragon, tooth of wolf, witch's mummy, maw and gullet. Up the ravine, salt sea shark. Root of hemlock digged in the dark Ditch delivered by a drab Make the gruel thick and slap. Add
6: thereto a tiger's chadron For, For the, the ingredients, ingredients of our cauldron,
3: our cauldron. Double,
6: double, double, toil and, toil and trouble. trouble Fire, burn, burn,
3: burn and cauldron bubble Cool it with a spoon of blood. Then the charm is firm and good.
0: Oh,
7: well done!
0: I commend your pains, and every one shall share in the game. And now about the cauldron sing, like elves and fairies in a ring, enchanting all that you put in. By
8: the
3: pricking of my thumb, something wicked wicked. this This way way comes.
8: comes. Open, lock, whoever whoever knocks. How now, you secret vile midnight hags? What is you do? A deed without, without a name I conjure you by that which you profess. However you come to know it, answer me. Though you untie the winds and let them fight against the churches, though the yesti waves confound and swallow navigation up, though bladed corns be lodged and trees blown down, though castles topple on their warders' heads, though palaces and pyramids do slope their heads to their foundations, though the treasure of nature's Germans tumble altogether, even till destruction sicken, answer me to what I ask you. Speak demand. Will answer. If thou'dst rather hear it from our mouths, or from master, call them. Let me see see 'em.
3: Pour in Sal's blood that have eaten her nine pharaohs. Grease that sweeten from the murderer's gibbet. <laughs> Throw into the flame. Come ah. on, oh. or lo, thyself in office deathly show. First apparition, an armed head. Tell me, thou unknown power. He knows thy thought. Hear his speech, but say thou not. Macbeth,
6: Macbeth, Macbeth, beware Macduff, Beware that they have vice. Dismiss me, enough.
8: Whatever thou art for thy good caution, thanks. Thou hast harped my fear aright, but one word more. He will not be commanded. Here's another,
3: more potent than the first. Second apparition, a bloody child.
8: Had I three ears, I'd hear thee. Be bloody, bold, and resolute. Laugh to scorn the power of man, for none of woman born shall harm Macbeth. Then live Macduff. What need I fear of thee? But yet I'll make assurance double sure, and take a bond of fate. Thou shalt not live, that I may tell pale-hearted fear it lies, and sleep in spite of thunder. Third apparition.
3: A child crowned with a tree.
8: What is this that rises like the issue of a king and wears upon his baby brow the round and top of sovereignty? Listen, Listen but, speak but speak not, not to
3: it. We
2: lion, and
3: take
0: no care. Who chase, who press, or where
6: conspires are, method. Death shall never vanquish me until great bird of wood to hide the hill shall come
8: against him. That will never be. Who can impress the forest to bid the tree unfix his earthbound root? Sweet bodements good Rebellion's head rise never till the wood of Burnham rise, And our high-placed Macbeth shall live the lease of nature, Pay his breath to time and mortal custom. Yet my heart throbs to know one thing. Tell me, if your art can tell so much, Shall Banquo's issue ever reign in this kingdom? Seek Seek to to know know no more. more. I will be satisfied. Deny me this, and eternal curse fall on you. Let me know, why sinks that cauldron, and what noise is this? Show Show her her
3: eyes, eyes and and grieve her her heart. Come Come like like shadows, so so depart. depart. A show of eight kings, the last with a glass in his hand. Ghost Ghost of Banquo falling.
8: Thou art like the spirit of Banquo. Down! thy crown does sear mine eyeballs, and thy hair, thou other gold-bound brows, like the first, and a third is like the former. Oh, filthy hags, why do you show me this? And a fourth, start eyes! What? What? Will the line stretch out to the crack of doom? Another yet? A seventh? i'll see no more and yet the eighth appears who bears a glass which shows me many more and some i see that twofold balls and treble scepters carry (laughs) Oh horrible sight now i see tis true for the blood-bolted banquo smiles upon me and points at them for her what is this
3: so all this is so, this great king may kindly say, Our duty did her welcome pay.
8: Where are they? Gone? Oh, let this pernicious hour stand I accursed
4: in the calendar. Come in without there. What's your grace's will? So are you the weird sisters? No, my lord. Came they not by you? No, indeed, my
8: lord. Oh, infected be the air on they ride, and damned all those that trust them!
4: I did hear the galloping of horse, who wast come by? Tis two or three, my lord, that bring you word Macduff has fled to England. Fled to England? Ay, my good lord. Time! Thou anticipatest my
8: dread exploits. The flighty purpose never is overtook unless the deed go with it. From this moment the very firstlings of my heart shall be the firstlings of my hand. And even now, to crown my thoughts with acts, be it thought and done. The castle of Macduff I will surprise. Seize upon Fife, give to the edge of the sword his wife, his babes, and all unfortunate souls that trace him in his line. No boasting like a fool. This deed I'll do before this purpose cool. But no more sights. Where are these gentlemen? Come, bring me where they are.
3: Act four, scene two. Fife. Macduff's castle. Enter Lady Macduff, her son, and Ross. What had he done
2: to make him fly the land?
9: You must have patience, madam.
2: He had none. His flight was madness. When our actions do not, our fears do make
9: us traitors. You know not whether it was his wisdom or his fear.
2: Wisdom? To leave his wife? To leave his babes, his mansion, and his titles in a place from whence himself does fly? He loves us not. He wants the natural touch. For the poor wren, the most diminutive of birds, will fight for young ones in her nest against the owl. All is the fear, and nothing is the love. As little is the wisdom, where the flight so runs against all reason.
9: My dearest cousin, I pray you, school yourself. But for your husband, he is noble, wise, judicious, and best knows the fits o' the season. I dare not speak much further. But cruel are the times when we are traitors, and do not know ourselves when we hold rumor from what we fear, yet know not what we fear, float upon a wild and violent sea each way and move. I take my leave of you shall so not be long, but I'll be here again. Things at the worst will cease, or else climb upward to what they were before. My pretty cousin, blessing upon me.
2: Fathered he is, and yet he's fatherless.
9: I am so much a fool, should I stay longer. It would be my disgrace and your discomfort. I take my leave at once.
2: Sirrah? your father's dead. And what will you do now? How will you live?
10: As birds do, mother.
2: What, with worms and flies? With what I get,
10: I mean. And so do they.
2: Poor bird! thou'st never fear the net nor lime, the pitfall nor the gin.
10: Why should I, mother? Birds, they are not set for. My father is not dead, for all you're saying.
2: Yes, he is dead. How wilt thou do for a father?
10: Nay, how will you do for a husband?
2: Oh, why, I can buy me twenty at any market.
10: Then you'll buy him to sell again.
2: Thou speak's with all thy wit, and yet faith with wit enough for thee.
10: Was my father a traitor, mother?
2: Ay, that he was.
10: What is a traitor?
2: Why, one that swears and lies.
10: And be all traitors that do so? Everyone that does so is a traitor, and must be killed. And must they all be killed, that swear and lie? Every one. Who must kill them?
2: why the honest men.
10: Then the liars and swearers are fools, for there are liars and swearers enough to beat the honest men and kill them all.
2: But how wilt thou do for a father?
10: If he were dead, you'd weep for him. If you would not, it were a good sign that I should quickly have a new father.
2: <laughs> Poor Prattler! How thou talk'st! <laughs>
7: Bless you, fair dame! I am not to you known, though in your state of honour I am perfect. I doubt some danger does approach you nearly. If you will take a holy man's advice, be not found here, hence with your little ones, to fright you thus. Methinks I am too savage to do worse to you or fell cruelty, which is too nigh your person. Heaven preserve you! I dare abide no longer.
2: With or should I fly? I have done no harm. But I remember now, I am in this earthly world where to do harm is often laudable. To do good, sometime a dangerous folly. I then, alas, do I put up that womanly defense to say I have done no harm. What are these faces? Where is your husband? I hope. In no place so
10: unsanctified where
2: such as thou mayst find him.
10: Thou liest, thou shag haired villain! What, you egg? He has killed me, Mother. Away. I pray you. Act 4, Scene
3: 3 England, before the King's Palace, enter Malcolm and MacDuff.
1: Let us seek out some desolate shade and there weep our sad bosoms empty.
11: Let us rather hold fast the mortal sword, and like good men bestride our downfallen birthdom. Each new morn new widows howl, new orphans cry, new sorrows strike heaven on the face, that it resounds as if it felt with Scotland and yelled out like syllable of dolor.
1: What I believe I'll wail, what no believe in what I can redress. As I shall find the time to friend, I will. What you have spoke, it may be so, perchance. This tyrant, whose sole name blisters our tongues, was once thought honest. You have loved her well. She hath not touched you yet. I am young, but something you may deserve of her through me, And wisdom to offer up a weak, poor, innocent lamb to appease an angry god.
11: I am not treacherous.
1: But Macbeth is. A good and virtuous nature may recoil an imperial charge. But I shall crave your pardon. That which you are, my thoughts cannot transpose. Angels are bright still, though the brightest fell. Though all things foul would wear the brows of grace, yet grace must still look so.
11: I have lost my hopes.
1: Perchance even there where I did find my doubts. Why in that rawness left you wife and child? those precious motives, those strong knots of love, without leave-taking. I pray you, let not my jealousies be your dishonours, but mine own safeties. You may be rightly just, whatever I shall think.
11: I would not be the villain that thou think'st. For the whole space, that's in the tyrant's grasp, and the rich east to boot. Be not offended. I speak not as in absolute fear of you.
1: I think our country sinks beneath the yoke. It weeps, it bleeds and each new day a gash is added to her wounds. I think with all there would be hands uplifted in my right, and here from gracious England have I offer of goodly thousands. But for all this, when I shall tread upon the tyrant's head, or wear it on my sword, yet my poor country shall have more vices than it had before, more suffer, more sundry ways than ever, by him that shall succeed. What should he be? It is myself I mean, in whom I know all the particulars of vice so grafted that, when they shall be opened, there Macbeth will seem as pure as snow, and the poor state esteem her as a lamb, being compared with my confineless arms.
11: Not in the legions of horrid hell can come a devil more damned in evils to top Macbeth.
1: I grant him bloody, luxurious, avaricious, false, deceitful, sudden, malicious, smacking of every sin that has a name. But there's no bottom, none, in my voluptuousness. Your wives, your daughters, your matrons and your maids could not fill up the cistern of my lust, and my desire all contented impediments would overbear that did oppose my will. Better Macbeth in such an one terrain
11: boundless intemperance in nature is a tyranny it hath been the untimely emptying of the happy throne and fall of many kings but fear not yet to take upon you what is yours you may convey your pleasures in a spacious plenty and yet seem cold the time you may so hoodwink we have willing dames enough There cannot be that vulture in you to devour so many as will to greatness dedicate themselves, finding it so inclined.
1: With this there grows in my most ill-composed affection such a stanchless avarice that, were I king, I should cut off the nobles for their lands, desire her jewels and this other's house, and my more having would be as a sauce to make me hunger more that I should forge quarrels unjust against the good and loyal, destroying them for
11: wealth. This avarice sticks deeper, grows with more pernicious root than summer-seeming lust, and it hath been the sword of our slain kings, yet do not fear. Scotland hath poisons to fill up your will of your mere own. All these are portable with other graces weighed. But
1: I have none. The king becoming graces as justice, Verity, temperance, Stableness, Bounty, perseverance, Mercy, lowliness, Devotion, Patience, courage, fortitude, I have no relish of them, But abound in the division of each, Several crime acting in many ways, Nay, had I power, I should pour The sweet milk of concord into hell, Uproar the universal peace, confound all unity on earth.
11: O Scotland, Scotland.
1: If such a one be fit to govern, speak. I am as I have spoken.
11: Fit to govern, no, not to live. O nation miserable, with an untitled tyrant, Bloody sceptred, when shalt thou see Thy wholesome days again? since that the truest issue of thy throne, by her own interdiction, stands accursed and does blaspheme her breed. Thy royal father was a most sainted king. The queen that bore thee oftener upon her knees than on her feet died every day she lived. Fare thee well. These evils thou repeat'st upon thyself have banished me from Scotland. O my breast, thy hope ends here. Macduff
1: this noble passion child of integrity hath from my soul wiped the dark scruples reconciled my thoughts to thy good truth and honor devilish macbeth by many of these trains hath sought to win me into her power and modest wisdom plucks me from over credulous haste but god above deal between thee and me for even now i put myself to thy detraction oh for But God above, deal between thee and me, for even now I put myself to thy direction, and unspeak mine own detraction. Here abjure the taints and blames I laid upon myself for strangers to my nature. I am yet unknown to woman, never was forsworn, scarcely have coveted what was mine own. At no time broke my faith, would not betray the devil to his fellow, and delight no less in truth than life. My first false speaking was this upon myself. What I am truly is thine and my poor countries to command. Whither, indeed, before thy here approach, old Seward with 10,000 warlike men already at a point was setting forth, now will together and the chance of goodness be like our warranted quarrel. But why are you silent?
11: Such welcome and unwelcome things at once, tis hard to reconcile.
1: Well, more on.
9: Comes the king forth, I pray you. Aye, sir. There are a crew of
5: wretched souls that stay his cure. There, malady convinces the greatest say of art. But at his touch, such sanctity hath heaven given his hand. They presently amend. I Thank you, doctor.
11: What's the disease he
1: means? "'Tis called the evil. A most miraculous work in this good king, which often, since my here remain in England, I have seen him do. How he solicits heaven, himself best knows. But strangely visited people, all swollen and ulcerous, pitiful to the eye, the mere despair of surgery, he cures, hanging a golden stamp about their necks, put on with holy prayers and, to spoken to the succeeding royalty, he leaves a healing benediction. With this strange virtue, he hath a heavenly gift of prophecy, and sundry blessings hang about his throne that speak him full of grace.
11: See, who comes here?
1: My countryman, but yet I know him not.
11: My ever gentle cousin, welcome hither.
1: I know him now. Good God, but times remove the means that makes us strangers.
9: Sir, amen. Stand Scotland where it did? Alas, poor country. Almost afraid to know itself, it cannot be called our mother, but our grave, where nothing but who knows nothing is once seen to smile, where sighs and groans and shrieks that rend the air are made, not marked. Where violent sorrow seems a modern ecstasy. The dead man's knell is there scarce asked for who. And good men's lives expire before the flowers in their caps, dying or ere they sicken.
11: Oh, relation, too nice and yet too true.
9: What's the newest grief? That of an hour's age doth hiss the speaker. Each minute teems a new one.
11: How does my wife?
9: Why, well.
11: And all my children? Well, too. The tyrant has not battered at their peace?
9: No. They were well at peace when I did leave them but not a coward of your speech, how ghost. When I came hither to transport the tidings which I have heavily borne, there ran a rumor of many worthy fellows that were out, which was to my belief witnessed the rather, for that I saw the tyrant's power afoot. Now is the time of help. Your eye in Scotland would create soldiers, make our women fight to doff their dire distresses. Be their comforts, we are coming thither.
1: Gracious England hath lent us good seward and ten thousand men. An older and a better soldier, none that Christendom gives out. Would I could answer this comfort with the like.
9: But I have words that would be howled out in the desert air, where hearing should not latch them.
11: What concern they? The general cause?
9: Or is it a fee grief due to some single breast? No mind that's honest, but in it shares some woe. Though the main part pertains to you. If it
11: be mine, keep it not from me quickly. Let me have it.
9: Let not your ears despise my tongue for ever, which shall possess them with the heaviest sound that ever yet they heard. <laughs> I guess at it. Your castle is surprised. Your wife and babes severely slaughtered. To relate the manner, we're on the quarry of these murdered deer, To add the death of you?
1: Merciful Heaven! What, man? Never pull your hat upon your brows! Give sorrow words! The grief that does not speak whispers the overfraught heart and bids it break. My children, too?
11: Wife, children, servants, servants. all that could be found. And I must be from thence. My wife killed, too. I have said.
1: Be comforted. Let's make us medicines of our great revenge
11: to cure this deadly grief. He has no children. All my pretty ones. Did you say all? Oh, hell kite all. What all my pretty chickens in their dam at one foul sloop. Dispute it like a man. I shall do so, but I must also feel it as a man. I cannot but remember such things were that were most precious to me. Did heaven look on, and would not take their part? Sinful Macduff, they were all struck for thee. Not that I am not for their own demerits, but for mine fell slaughter upon their souls. Heaven rest them now.
1: Be this the whetstone of your sword. Let grief convert to
11: anger. Blunt not the heart. Enrage it. Oh, I could play the woman with mine eyes and braggart with my tongue. But gentle heavens, cut short all intermission. Front to front, bring thou this fiend of Scotland and myself. Within my sword's length, set her. If she escape, heaven forgive her too. This tomb goes manly.
1: Come, go we to the king. Our power is ready. Our lack is nothing but our leave. Macbeth is ripe for shaking, and the powers above put on their instruments. Receive what cheer you may. The night is long that never finds the day.
3: Act five, scene one. Dunsinane. Enter room in the castle. Enter a doctor and a servant.
5: I have two nights watched with you, but can perceive no truth in your report. When was it she last walked?
0: Since her majesty went into the field, I have seen her rise from her bed, throw her nightgown upon her, unlock her closet, take forth paper, fold it, write upon it, read it, afterwards seal it, and again return to bed. Yet all this while in a most fast sleep.
5: A great perturbation in nature, to receive at once the benefit of sleep, and do the effects of watching. In this slumbery agitation, besides her walking and other actual performances, what at any time have you heard her say?
0: That, sir, which I will not report after her.
5: You may to me, and tis most me you should.
0: Neither to you nor anyone, having no witness to confirm my speech. Lo, you, here she comes. This is her very guise, and upon my life fast asleep. Observe her, stand close.
5: How came she by that light?
0: Why, it stood by her. She has light by her continually, tis her command.
5: You see, her eyes are open.
0: Ay, but their sense is shut.
5: What is it she does now? Look, how she rubs her hands.
0: It is an accustomed action with her to seem thus washing her hands. I have known her to continue in this a quarter of an hour.
6: Yet here's a spot.
5: Hark, she speaks. I will set down what comes from her to satisfy my remembrance the more strongly.
6: Out, damned spot. Out, I say. One, two. Why then? "'Tis time to do it. "'Hell is murky. "'Fie, my lord, fie. "'A soldier and feared? "'What need we fear? "'Who knows it? "'What none can call our power to account? "'Yet who would have thought the old woman "'to have had so much blood in her? "'Do you mark that?' "'The thane of Fife had a wife. Where is she now? What? Will these hands ne'er be clean? No more, oh my lord, no more, oh that. You mar all with this starting.
5: Go to, go to. You have known what you should not.
0: She has spoke what she should not, I am sure of that. Heaven knows what she has known.
6: Here's the smell of blood still. All the perfumes of Arabia will not sweeten this little hand. (laughs) Oh. Oh, oh,
5: What a sigh is there! The heart is sorely charged.
0: I would not have such a heart in my bosom for the dignity of the whole body.
5: Well, well, well.
0: Pray God it be, sir.
5: This disease is beyond my practice. Yet I have known those which have walked in their sleep who have died holily in their beds.
6: Wash your hands. Put on your nightgown. Look not so pale. I tell you yet again, Banquo's buried. She cannot come out one's grave. Even so? To bed. To bed. There's a knocking at the gate. Come. 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 Come give me your hand. What's done cannot be undone. To bed. To bed. To bed.
5: Will she go now to bed? Directly. Foul whisperings are abroad. Unnatural deeds do breed unnatural troubles. Infected minds to their deaf pillows will discharge their secrets. More needs she the divine than the physician. God. God forgive us all. Look after her. Remove from her the means of all annoyance. And still keep eyes upon her. So, good night. My mind she has mated and amazed my sight. I think, but dare not speak.
0: Good night, good doctor. Act
3: five, scene two, the country near Dunsinane. Enter Mentithe, Angus, Lennox, and soldiers.
5: The English power's near, led on by Malcolm, the brave sergeant, and the good Macduff. is burn in them, for their dear causes would to the bleeding and the grim alarm excite the mortified man.
10: Near Burnham Wood shall we well meet them. That way are they coming. Who knows if Donald Bane be with her brother?
4: For certain, sir, she's not. Have a file of all the gentry. There is the sergeant's child and many unruffed youths that even now protest their first of manhood.
5: What does the tyrant?
4: Great dunsing she strongly fortifies. Some say she's mad. Others that lesser hate her do call it valiant fury. But for certain she cannot buckle her distempered cause within the belt of rule.
10: Now does she feel her secret murder sticking on her hands. Now minutely revolts abrade her faith breach. Those she commands move only in command, nothing in love. Now does she feel her title hang loose about her like a giant's robe upon a dwarfish thief.
5: Who then shall blame she pestered senses to recoil and start, when all that is within her does condemn itself for being there?
4: Well, march we on to give obedience where it is truly owed. Meet we the medicine the sickly wheel, and with him pour we in our countries, purge each drop of us.
10: Or so much as it needs to dew the sovereign flower and drown the weeds, make we our march towards Burnham.
3: Act five, scene three, Dunsinane. A room in the castle, enter Macbeth,
4: doctor, and servant.
8: Bring me no more reports. Let them fly all, till Burnham would remove to Dunsinane. I cannot taint with fear. What's the boy, Malcolm? Was he not born of woman? The spirits that know all mortal consequence have pronounced me thus. Fear not, Macbeth. No man that's born of woman shall e'er have power upon thee. Then fly, false things, and mingle with the English epicures. The mind I sway by, and the heart I bear shall never sag with doubt, nor shake with fear. Where godest thou that goose look? There
0: is ten thousand geese,
8: villain, soldiers, Sir, Go prick thy face and overread thy fear, thou lily-livered girl. What soldiers patch? Death of thy soul. Those linen cheeks of thine are counselors to fear. What soldier's wayface? The English force, so please you. Take thy face hence. <laughs> Satan! I am sick at heart when I behold. Satan, I say! This push will cheer me ever, or deceit me now. I've lived long enough. My way of life is fallen into this year. Yellow leaf, and that which should accompany old age as honor, love, obedience, troops of friends, I must not look to have, but in their steed, curses, not loud but deep, mouth honor, breath, which the poor heart would fain deny and dare not. Satan!
6: What is your gracious pleasure?
8: What news more? All is confirmed, my lord, which was reported. I'll fight till from my bones my flesh be hacked. Give me my armor. Tis not needed yet. I'll put it on. Send out more horses. Scour the country round. Hang those that talk of fear. Give me mine armor. How does your patient, doctor?
5: Not so sick she is troubled with thick-coming fancies that keep her from her rest.
8: Cure her of that. Canst thou not minister to a mind diseased? Pluck from the memory a rooted sorrow, raise out the written troubles of the brain, and with some sweet oblivious antidote, cleanse the stuffed bosom of that perilous stuff which weighs upon the heart.
5: Therein the patient must minister to herself.
8: Throw physic to the dogs. I'll none of it. Come, put mine armor on. Give me my staff. Satan, send out. Doctor, the thanes fly from me. Come, sir, dispatch. If thou couldst, Doctor, cast the water of my land, find her disease, and purge it to a sound and pristine health, I would applaud thee to the very echo, and that should applaud again. Pulled off, I say. What? What rhubarb, chyme, or what purgative drug should score these English hens? Hearest thou of them?
5: Aye. Good Lord, your royal preparation makes us hear something.
8: Bring it after me.
5: Were I from Dunsinane away and clear, profit again should hardly draw me here.
4: Act
3: 5, Scene 4 Country near Burnham Wood. Enter Malcolm, Sergeant, and the Sergeant's Child, Macduff, Mentite, Angus, Lennox, Ross, and soldiers
1: marching. Cousins, I hope the days are near at hand that Chambers will be safe.
5: We doubt it nothing.
6: What wood is this before us?
5: The wood of Burnham.
11: Let every soldier hew him down a bow and bear it before him. Thereby shall we shadow the numbers of our host and make discovery air and report of us. It shall be done.
7: We learn no other but the confident tyrant keeps still in Dunsinane, and will endure our setting down before it.
11: Tis her main hope, for where there is advantage to be given, both more and less have given her the revolt, and none serve with her but constrained things whose hearts are absent too.
1: Let our just censures attend the true event, and put we on industrious soldiership.
7: The time approaches that will with due decision make us know what we shall say we have and what we owe. Thoughts speculative, their unsure hopes relate, but certain issue strokes must arbitrate, towards which we have advanced the war. Act 5,
3: Scene 5 Dunsinane, within the castle, enter Macbeth, Satan, and soldiers.
8: Hang out our banners on the outward walls. The cry is still they come. Our castle strength will laugh a siege to scorn. Here let them lie till famine and the ague eat them up were they not forced with those that should be ours, we might have met them, dareful, beard to beard, and beat them backward home. (gasps) What is that noise? Tis the cry of women, my good lord. I have almost forgot the taste of fears. The time has been my senses would have cooled to hear a night shriek, and my fell of hair would at a dismal treatise rouse and stir as life were in it, I have supped full with horrors. Direness familiar to my slaughterous thoughts cannot once start me. Wherefore was that cry? The queen, my
0: lord, is dead. (sighs)
8: She should have died hereafter. There would have been time for such a word. Tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow, creeps in this petty pace from day to day, to the last syllable of recorded time. And all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle! Life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Thou comest to use thy tongue, thy story quickly.
7: Gracious, my lord, I should report that which I say I saw but know not how to do it.
8: Well say, sir.
7: As I did stand my watch upon the hill, I looked toward Burnham, and anon, methought, the wood began to move. Liar! Let me endure your wrath, if it be not so. Within this three mile you may see it coming, I say, a moving grove.
8: If thou speakest false, upon the next tree shalt thou hang alive till famine cling thee. If thou speech be sooth i care not if thou dost for me as much i pull in resolution and begin to doubt the equivocation of the fiend that lies like truth fear not till brynham would come to dunsinane and now a would come toward dunsinane arm arm and out if if this which he avouches does appear there is nor flying hence nor tarrying here I gin to be wary of the sun, and wish the estate of the world were now undone. Ring the long bell. Blow, wind, come, rack. At least we'll die with harness on our
10: back.
3: Act five, scene six. Dunsinane, before the castle, enter Malcolm, Sergeant Macduff, and their army with boughs of trees.
11: Now near enough, your leafy screens throw down and show like those you are. You worthy uncle shall with my cousin, your right noble son, lead our first battle. Worthy Malcolm and we shall take upons what else remains to do according to our order.
7: Fare you well. Do we but find the tyrant's power tonight? Let us be beaten if we cannot fight. Make
1: all our trumpets speak. Give them all breath, those clamorous harbingers of blood and death.
3: Act 5, scene 7. Another part of the field. Enter Macbeth.
8: They have tied me to a stake. I cannot fly, but beer-like I must fight the course. What's he that was not born a woman? Such a one am I to fear, or none. What is thy name? Not be afraid to hear it. No, th- thou
4: call'st thyself a hotter
8: name than any is in hell. My name's Macbeth. The devil himself could not pronounce a title more hateful to mine ear.
4: No, nor more fearful. Thou liest, abhorrent tyrant! With my sword I'll prove the lie thou speak'st. Thou wast
8: born of woman, but swords I smile at, weapons laugh to scorn, brandished by a man that's of a woman born.
11: Tyrant, show thy face! If thou be slain, and with no stroke of mine, My wife and children's ghosts will haunt me still. I cannot strike at wretched currents, Whose arms are higher to bear their stabs. Either thou, Macbeth, or else my sword, With an unbattered edge I sheathe again undeeded. There thou shouldst be. By this great clatter one of greatest note seems bruited. Let me find her fortune, and more I beg not.
7: This way, my lord, the castle's gently rendered. The tyrant's people on both sides do fight. The noble thanes do bravely in the war. The day almost itself professes yours, and little is to do. We have met with foes that strike beside us. Enter, sir, the castle.
3: Act 5, scene 8. Another part of the
8: field. Enter Macbeth. Should I play the Roman fool and die on mine own sword? whilst I see lives, the gashes do better upon them.
11: Turn, hellhound, turn!
8: Of all men else I have avoided thee, but get thee back. My soul is too much charged with the blood of thine already.
11: I have no words, my voice is in my sword. Thou bloodier villain than terms can give thee out.
8: Thou losest labor. As easy mayst thou the entrenchant air with thy keen sword impress as make me bleed. Let fall thy blade on vulnerable crests. I bear a charmed life, and must not yield to one of woman born.
11: Despair thy charm, and let the angel whom thou still hast serve tell thee Macduff was from his mother's womb untimely ripped.
8: How cursed be that tongue that tells me so, for it hath held my better part of man. And be these juggling fiends no more believed that palter with us in a double sense, that keep the word of promise to our ear and break it to our hope. I'll not fight with thee.
11: Then yield thee, coward, and live to be the show and gaze of the time. We'll have thee as our rarer monsters are. Painted on a pole and under it, here may you see the tyrant.
8: I will not yield to kiss the ground before young Malcolm's feet and be baited by the rabble's curse. Thou Burnham would be come to Dunsinane, and thou opposed being of no woman born, yet I will try the last. Before my body I throw my warlike shield. Lay on Macduff, and damned be him that first cries, hold, enough!
1: I would the friends we miss were safe
7: arrived. Some must go off, and yet by these I see so great a day as this is cheaply bought.
1: Macduff is missing, and your noble child.
9: Your child, my lord, has paid a soldier's debt. She only lived but till she was grown. The witch no sooner had her prowess confirmed in the unshrinking station where she fought. But like a man she died. Then she is dead? Ay, and brought off the field. Your cause of sorrow must not be measured by her worth, for then it hath no end.
7: Had she her hurts before?
9: I on the front.
7: Why then, God's soldier, be she! Had I as many children as I have hairs, I would not wish them to a fairer death. And so her knell is knolled.
1: She's worth more sorrow, and that'll i spend for her.
7: She's worth no more. They say she parted well and paid her score, and so God be with her. Here comes newer comfort.
11: Hail, King, for so art thou. Behold where stands the usurper's cursed head. The time is free. I see us compassed with our kingdom's pearl that speak our salutations in their minds whose voices I desire aloud with ours. Hail, the King of Scotland!
1: We shall not spend a large expense of time before we reckon with your several loves, and make us even with you. My thanes and kinsmen, henceforth be
11: earls, the first that ever Scotland in such an honour named. What more to do which would be planted newly with the time, as calling home our exiled friends abroad, that fled the snares of watchful tyranny, producing forth the cruel ministers of this dead butcher, and her fiend-like queen? who, as tis thought, by self and violent hands, took off her life, this and what needful else that calls upon us, by the grace of grace, we will perform in measure time and place. So thanks to all at once and to each one whom we invite to see us crowned at scone,
3: We three meet again, in thunder, lightning, or in rain, when the hurly-burly done, When 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 the battle's lost and won. When the battle's lost and won. When the battle's lost and won. When the battle's lost and won.